We work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Welcome to episode three of the Playgrounding Podcast. This week, we're going to be meeting Audrey Wood, aka Morning Wood. That's her name as an LA Derby doll. I talked a little in episode one about how a few years ago I moved into a place that changed my life, and she is a huge part of that change. Audrey is a fellow warehouse mate, as we call it here at Theory Labs. We're not roommates, but we do live in two of the six residences nestled inside of this larger warehouse at the Brewery Artist Complex here in L.A. I really wanted her to be on the show because she's so good at fun. And I know that might sound weird, but stay with me. I mean, have you ever worked so hard for so long that you just literally after working extra hours, you collapse in a heap on the couch in front of Netflix? You're just barely drag yourself into bed only to wake up in the morning and do it all over again. Um, I don't know. I lived like that for a while. I was dreading another day, just living for the weekend. But even then, all I did was sleep because I had no energy to do anything else. So when I moved here and I started observing this crazy woman running around to all of her extracurricular activities, not to mention her crazy, very demanding job, I literally thought she was crazy. I mean, why would anyone do that to themselves, keep themselves that busy? Um, on, you know, not for any particular reason. She just did fun things all the time. And I figured, you know, it's just a personality thing. And she's just way different from me. She has way more energy than me. So she can do that, but I can't. But over the years, I learned that she took very conscious and very purposeful steps toward creating the life that she's living now. And I can tell you, it is a life filled with so much fun, from roller derby to stick club to her mini triathlons, and that's literally just the beginning of the list for her. Um, and she didn't stumble on these things. She sought them out. And when she had an idea for something she wanted to do, she would create her own communities around her, um, communities of fun. Um, so she'll share the secret with us uh, for how she has the energy to keep up with it all and how she has the courage to create communities and get out there and get over FOMO and just do something because she wants to do it. So it's something you and I can do as well. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Audrey. Okay, this is it, Audrey. You're in my sights. This is my second interview for the Playgrounding podcast, and I'm so excited for everyone to meet you. Um, tell me a little about yourself, Morningwood. <laughs> okay, so Morningwood is my derby <laughs> moniker, um, and I've been playing derby for almost six years uh, with the LA Derby Dolls, which is a local bank track derby team. Um, in that time, I have just been a skater. I have been a captain. I've been a coach. I've been a trainer. Um and I've put a lot of my time and love into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I've been to a few of your bouts, and I really enjoy them. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on the first one, but once you explained it all to me, now I'm one of those people screaming in the in the <laughs> rafters. Um, anyway, I invited you on because you are kind of this. You've been this enigma to me. I, I moved in here to Theory Labs at the brewery, which I've talked about in my first episode. It's been just this overwhelming time of learning for me, being around. And you were one of the main ones. You were kind of quiet. You weren't home a lot. And I 
just thought, oh, this poor girl, she's so busy. And that's the lifestyle I came out of. And I just, I don't want to be that busy. I'm so glad I'm just here chilling out. And, you know, I, I needed that. I actually needed that time. But over those years, I started to realize, like, you were busy doing really interesting things. And I had no idea what you did for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, usually people, that's what you lead with. Like, I'm a this. Like, I'm, a, you know, you're a, a work in... Post-production television, so I'm a yep. post-production supervisor for reality television shows, mm -hmm. um, which I got into after college. I went to film school, um, and it's been really good for me. Uh, part of it is that it is a desk job, which means that uh, in terms of derby, I get to leave and go to practice at set times. Nice. Where people maybe that work on set um, or hours that are not quite so stable don't get to do. That's great. Yeah, so like you're, but you've chosen then outside of work to just really fill up your life with amazing things. And you're one of the people that I know that just really knows how to find a good time and you create good times for others as well, which, and it's, and it's not a big formal thing, you know, you're, you know, so one of the things I'd really like to talk to you today about is, first of all, what drives you to do the things you do? Like, for instance, how did you get involved in Derby and have there been other things you've done in your life? And then some of the other things that you do and why? Um, how did you get involved in Derby, by the way? Um, so actually, that goes back to Burning Man, mm. surprisingly. Um, <laughs> so there was a guy that I had met playing kickball in 2007, kickball. which I did for one season with a bunch of friends, and I'm still friends with a lot of people from that group. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't, it didn't stick. We just did one season. Um, and I saw him again at Burning Man. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is a guy that seems really cool, and we probably have a lot in common didn't see him again <laughs> until SantaCon, which if you don't know what that is, uh, look it up. It's um, a Cacophony Society event. Everybody dresses as Santa or Mrs. Santa or something, therefore. <laughs> um, and at the very last bar, we were talking, and he said, well, you know how to roller skate, right? And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah, I grew up roller skating. He's like, you should join Derby. And I went, um, I have a day job. <laughs> At which point he goes, we have class on weekends. So three months later, it took me a little while. Um, I showed up for my first Ellie Derby Dolls um, Derby Por Vida class, mm -hmm. which is our eight-week training class, and fell a lot. <laughs> um, but I met all these really cool women. Mm. And none of us were in the league. We were all just trying this out. And it stuck. I went every Sunday for six months, I want to say before I could actually try out for the league. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've never looked back. Um, I now spend two to four days a week, I want to say, at the track, depending on the week. Mm -hmm. um, and at least 16 hours a month, plus extra stuff. And it's been amazing. Yeah. The community is really amazing. That's Some awesome. of my best friends have come from this part of my life. And I'm not one of those people that really likes going to the gym. <laughs> I, I grew up playing team sports. Mm -hmm. And I stopped playing them in college because for some reason I kind of was trying to divorce myself away from everything I knew growing up. And I was mm. exploring Los Angeles and finding myself. But I always missed that. Yeah. Um, and Derby has brought it back into my life in such an amazing way. So once again, going back to something you loved as a child growing up that we lose, yep. as we all do. Yep. And then you, that you've discovered that here in Derby. And even though you do have a day job and it's a demanding one, 
you make time for this? Like, what does it do for you? What does it give you that you are missing? So funny enough, um, <laughs> before I started Derby, I would spend extra time at work. Really? I was one of those people that would like, you know, I'd show up on time and at the end of the day, I'd just, you know, hang out a little bit more and do a little bit extra work because I didn't have anywhere to be mm-hmm. and traffic was probably going to be really bad at this time anyway. And so I ended up spending a lot more time at work. Mm-hmm. When I started having to leave and maybe even leave a half an hour early and my bosses were really cool with it um, to get to Derby. Mm-hmm. All my other days that I wasn't going to Derby started being like, well, I leave at this time to go to Derby. Why can't I leave at this time now? Mm-hmm. And it really made that nice work-life cutoff. Wow. It really made me understand that, like, there's a reason to leave at this time. I'm not actually getting anything more done. <laughs> Maybe I should go do something better with my time. Wow. That one hits me really close to home. <laughs> I think it hits a lot of people. Um, yeah. And... In doing so, I have now spent some of that extra time that I'm not at Derby doing jewelry Mm -hmm. and working on my art and spending time with my roommates who are amazing (laughs) and just having more of a social life, maybe even even though it might be a homebody social life, Mm. Um, but like, you know, just not spending every waking moment at work. No, exactly. I did exactly the same thing. And I, I would watch other people with families go home. And I kind of, I kind of martyred myself like, well, you know, I don't have a child waiting for me to be picked up at school. I don't have to make dinner for like three little kids. And, you know, I'm single. This was back before I got married, but I'm single. So I can do this and this work needs to be done and patting myself on the head. Oh, you're such a good little worker bee. (laughs) Well, and if you were just going home to sit in front of the television Mm -hmm, or play a video game or do something that wasn't necessary it was kind of mind numbing mm-hmm. it wasn't that important to leave yeah i was going to be there yeah um sometimes just having something to go to mm-hmm. makes absolutely. a difference absolutely and and you say you're a homebody but i beg to differ <laughs> <laughs> um you tend to be out doing things all the time because derby isn't the only thing you use to spend your time um you're pretty busy with a lot of other things as well i know through derby you have book club and a bunch of other things like that. Um, tell me about some of your. Uh, oh no, I think there's a cat. Oh brother, hold on, just watch, one second. Watch out for your wine. Ah! <laughs> Ember, this is my cat Ember, and she just disturbed. This is only my Hello, second interview, you. my first live interview. I mean, we did we did co-opt the cat tree. We, we co-opted the cat tree. <laughs> the the treehouse make... was making a little too much noise, so I'm having to be creative here. Um. <laughs> um Hold on. Being very careful. I'm going to have a sip of wine because yes. that just made me nervous and I don't like being nervous. Um, Here. Cheers. Cheers. It's St. Patrick's yeah. Day. We will we will talk of, about FOMO. We will. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, tell me about all of these amazing things that you do with your time and okay. how you ended up finding them. I don't know about other people, but sometimes when I don't have something to do and I get on Facebook... Mm-hmm. And I see that people are at bars or they're out having fun. And I have that little twinge of, but they didn't invite me. Mm-hmm. And I've had people say that to me. And it's like, well, I don't get invited to things. And here was my point of it is you can't get invited to things if you're not willing to invite people to things. Mm-hmm. It's actually a give and take, surprisingly enough. <laughs> really? Surprising. Oh, man. But... 
for me, it's all about finding something you would like to do, mm-hmm. inviting people to it. And if nobody comes, it was already something you wanted to do. Absolutely. I remember there was a uh, dating website and I got on it about a week before I was set up on a blind date with the person who is now my husband, Cupcake. Um, and it was called How About We? And I loved the idea of it because I hate going and sitting at Starbucks and waiting to meet some random stranger. I go there to work. <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted, so I wrote, I want to go fly a kite. Because I thought, you know what, that would be so much fun and I would love to do that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and so it was a great idea for a dating website. I don't know if it still exists, but it's like what you're saying. We have right. to f- figure out what we want to do. So the, uh, the first, uh, I used to have a drinking club. <laughs> <laughs> Again, before Derby. Uh, <laughs> back when I was working in the Valley many, many years ago, and I just made up Wednesday Night Cocktail Club. Oh, and so cute. every Wednesday night, I would pick a new bar, and we'd go have a cocktail. And it just kind of, it, it started with friends and with work colleagues, and I did that for a year and a half, I want to say, before I moved and started working somewhere else, and I couldn't do it all the time. So that kind of, that ended, mm-hmm. but it was really fun, and it taught me that if there's something I want to do, and mm-hmm. I just invite people to it, people will come. Yeah. And they'll have a good time. Because mm-hmm. everyone else is waiting, too, to Because everybody be just wants to be invited to something, and everybody mm-hmm. wants to have something to do mm-hmm. after work on a Wednesday. Yeah. It's hump day. Everyone's like, oh, my <laughs> God, I have two more days left. Yes. Um, so from that, um, me and my friend Akela have a steak club. Oh, yeah, you tell me about that one. Oh, yeah. man. So me and Akela decided that we wanted to find the best steak in Los Angeles. But here's the rules. <laughs> there are only two members of steak club, and it is Akela and I. <laughs> So, when we go out to dinner, it is four to six people. We invite different people, and it is everybody splits the tab evenly, and we all do appetizers and share and everything, and it is a great time. And it happens once every couple months, and it is always something I look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, another one I just started is called Brunch and Museum Day. Yes. Because we have a lot of really great museums in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are always like, oh, I mean to go there. I meant to go there. Mm-hmm. So I said, why not? Yes. We'll have brunch. We'll go to a muse- museum. We'll hang out. And so um, we just did our second official one at the Huntington, which mm-hmm. I had never been in I've 16 years of been. Los Angeles. I had never <laughs> been to the Huntington. I lived in Pasadena for so long and never went to the Huntington. And this happens. Like, there's these places that you mean to go and then you don't. Because, like, when you think about it on a random Saturday, it's too almost too late to invite people, oh, absolutely. right? absolutely. Or even just to go by yourself, you, you have this pile of laundry, you know? <laughs> right. And so in some, it, it can be intimidating to go to something alone, mm-hmm. although I do like museums alone sometimes. Yes. Um, so that's the newest one is Brunch and Museum Day. And then I just started a third one, although we'll see how far this gets, uh, called uh, Bike and Brunch. Mm. So I have been training for some triathlons, mini tri, mini triathlons. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I could do a full one. Um and I need work on my biking. <laughs> yeah. And a good excuse to go biking with people is to go, hey, come over and do biking, and then we're going to go to brunch. So the first one is happening, I think, this Saturday. No, next Saturday. And right now there are four people that said they're coming. Mm-hmm. And if nobody comes, I'm going to go biking and have brunch. And have brunch, exactly. <laughs> so. And it's that also that thing of not being afraid to do something by yourself. Like, I remember when I was, I was divorced many years ago, and I started having to train myself to sit in a restaurant and have dinner by myself. Oh, I love those. Yeah. And I've grown to enjoy it. (laughs) I call them me dates too. It was definitely a learning experience. And I was in my twenties. I I married 
ridiculously early. And so, of course, I divorced ridiculously early, but it means that I learned some really important lessons very early on about how to take care of myself. And it also is something you can forget if you don't keep doing it. Yeah. My favorite sushi sushi place is a little revolving sushi bar, like quick sushi. Um, it's hard to get a table. People oh, wait 40 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. But as a single person, uh-huh. I walk up and see if there's a place at the bar, and I go, can I have that one? Mm-hmm. So I got used to using that at, like, ramen shops and anything <laughs> with a bar in it. Yep. I'm like, but it's just me, and that's an open seat. Can yep. I have it? I did that with theater. I don't know if they do these rush tickets like they used to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Like rush tickets, for sure. And I would always be by myself, and I would always be on the second row. Yeah. <laughs> And so me doing these things has also brought it back to me. Mm-hmm. I have a couple friends that like to do opening night movie screenings. Oh, This nice. is not something – I love movies, but mm-hmm. it's not something I think about. Yeah. So I will get the emails from them saying, hey, I got 16 tickets for such and such. Who wants in? So I've been added to those lists. So now I go to movie screenings because my friends, that is what their passion is, mm-hmm. and they bring it out to their group. Yeah. Um, or going to the Hollywood Bowl. I have friends that are always like, hey, let's get tickets to this or the other thing. And I'm never paying attention to that. Yeah. I enjoy it, but I'm never paying attention. So those are the ways that I get invited out from people that I've, I've invited out. That's awesome. And I mean, like, so one of the things I'm kind of, I've kind of observed and what I'm hearing you say now is just you're very purposeful and intentional about the way you live your life in general. You know, you notice in those early times, you know, I'm not going home from work and I, I don't have anything to go home to necessarily, but that, I mean, and for many people, I know for myself, I assumed that must mean having a family, all those kinds of things, but you actually get to create your world and, you know, like, is that how you see the way you've lived your life or is it, is it that intentional? Is that conscious? Um, it's beginning to be more conscious. Okay. So there have definitely been times in my life where I would lay on the couch and read a book all day, mm-hmm. which is really lovely. But you can't do it every day. No. And I was unemployed for six months at one time, and I don't think I did any work during (laughs) that time. And it was, like, the perfect time for me to, like, work on my art and do other things. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. And part of that is um, I'm so work-oriented in the way that, you know, Mm -hmm. you show up at an office. And you're there for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And you have certain tasks that you do. Mm -hmm. And then you're done. And you go home. Um, I've always been a procrastinator. (laughs) You? That, always been a procrastinator. That shocked me. That really. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like um, I can get easily overwhelmed with big ideas. Mm-hmm. Like I just worked on this thing for LA Derby Dolls called March Radness, mm-hmm. which is a four-day training camp. I'd never worked on it before. I'd said I'd help out because I was um, going to have the week off anyway. And I looked at like all the stuff I had to do, and it was super overwhelming. I was like I had to book the trainers, and I had to book their flights, and their hotel rooms, and the schedule, and... It was very, very panic-making. Yeah. But um, I recently have been working on goals Mm -hmm. and breaking down goals and making them easier and more digestible on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, There's this this thing called the self-journal. Yes, and you brought me a self-journal today. I'm really excited. Um, It was a Kickstarter. And I've never been a journaler, but I've always been um, somebody who at work has lists. Mm -hmm, Me too. And I work very well with checkoff lists. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is based on what I want to do with my life. Here mm. are my goals. Wow. And it goes in a 13-week cycle. So you have a big goal or a couple big goals, and then you break it down into what are some milestones that I would like to hit in the 13 weeks in order to get to my goal. And then you break it down to what would I need to do daily. And then you write it down in this journal. Mm-hmm. 
along with some really great things like the three things you're grateful for when you wake up in the morning. Uh, there's also three things you're grateful for before you go to bed. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And there's all these tracking things. And so I found that just within the last couple months I've been using it, I'm way more purposeful about how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I set myself goals. And those goals are so easy. Like, they're not hard. One of my goals right now is to work on my art. So I spend 10, 10 minutes a day. I only have to spend 10 minutes a day in my workshop. Huh. And I spend way more time than that when I actually when get in get there, there and yeah. sit down. <laughs> But it's just like, you know how they'll talk about like when you want to start exercising, just go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that once you start, you'll go farther than if you just get overwhelmed by the thought of it and mm-hmm. don't go at all. That's so true. So it's these small steps. I've made myself a really easy goal, 10 mm-hmm. minutes. If I don't do anything in there in 10 minutes, that's fine. Yeah. But if I do something, then I accomplish my goal for the day. If I, even if I sat in there for 10 minutes, I accomplished my goal for the day. Absolutely. And that makes me feel really good yeah. because it's an accomplishment. Yeah. And your art is really beautiful. She, um, mm. Audrey makes these beautiful, this jewelry. And I, I, the very first art walk I ever attended here at the brewery, I got to see her work. And how did you get into that? Um, I took a class. You just decided to it take was, a class? It was a Groupon. I took yeah. a Groupon class on Wirewrap. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, this is fun. And then from there, I've started to teach myself other forms. And um, I'm looking for taking some classes soon at maybe one of the community colleges. Um, if I can fit it into my schedule See, and these, what I want to do. <laughs> these are the kinds of things that I know when I first moved into this community, I just thought, oh, brother, these people are artis- artistic and they just they know how to do all these things. And I could never do these things. I'm, you know, and then I, I ask you a question like, how did you get into this? art that you're so amazing at and that I so admire you it was a Groupon (laughs) (laughs) well and And that's exciting for me because there's hope for me (laughs) yeah and it's funny because I don't I mean I don't even consider myself an artist I I call it my art oh yeah of course but um it is a creative outlet Mm -hmm. it is um like my big creative outlet it's what I get to work on um I do want to expand from there I Mm -hmm. have other ideas but like (laughs) yeah takes time it does it does and also another thing that you do that I've been thinking a lot about lately because I've been working on this myself, but I don't find it fun at all. And so I've spent a lot of time thinking over, like, how can I reframe fitness goals for myself? And even, like, the cooking. I mean, I've started enjoying cooking and fitness. This is a huge part of your life now, like doing the, the mini triathlons and biking and all these things. That sounds like work to me, you know, to a lot of people. Like going to the right. gym, you show up, and who really wants to be at a gym? I mean, gyms are one of the most stinky, obnoxious, fluorescent lit places where you feel horrible about yourself. Like Everybody around you looks amazing, yeah, and oh, you're afraid you're going to use the piece of equipment wrong, yes. or you're going to fall off the treadmill. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's – and I especially get this for people that have never done yeah. any sort of sports or working out. Gyms are – art can be really terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I personally, um, I grew up playing sports. Yeah. So I, I would never stepped into a gym as a kid. Okay. Like, I would just played sports. And that kept me in really good shape. And my parents ate really healthy. So, like, that wasn't hard for me. And then I went to college. <laughs> yes, yes. I went to college. I stopped playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I started eating whatever I wanted mm-hmm. all the time. And I gained 30 pounds. (laughs) And then I made myself go to the gym. And it was not fun. 
Yeah. But I did it. And then I was poor, so I had to start learning how to cook. And that helped. Um, for me, some of it is schedule-oriented. I tend to do big meals on Sundays. I do a lot of jarred salads and mm-hmm. things like that that I can prep all at one time. Mm-hmm. Because all of, I find that if I come home and I'm hungry and there's nothing to eat, I will eat a box of cookies. <laughs> Yep. And I oh, yeah. and I'm all right with having that stuff in the house. I know people that can't, but I can't yeah. because I don't really have a big sweet tooth. But if I'm hungry and there's nothing there, I will eat a box of cookies, <laughs> and then I'm gonna feel awful. So as long as I have stuff that is pre-made that I just have to microwave or just dump in a bowl, I eat much healthier. For working out, Derby's been amazing because. It doesn't feel like working out. So it kind of combines both a hobby and a, like kind of it a is. life goal. It's a health totally goal. hobby, but it also is really good for you. And um, because you're learning skills mm-hmm. and you're working on stuff, it doesn't feel like working out. Yeah. It feels like every team sport I ever played before. And yet, though, even though you are doing team sports, you're now doing these sports where you're competing with yourself. Um, so, yes. Um, I've actually had this before. I ran two marathons in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I hate running. <laughs> well, but, I tried running with you for a little while, and I hurt my knee so bad that I had to stop. And I was like, how in the world did she do this? So I'm not a runner. My dad is a runner. My dad has mm-hmm. beat me at a half marathon <laughs> easily. He had to wait for me. Um, for me, it's all about the goal. Mm-hmm. So I have trouble just going to the gym just because it's healthy. But for the triathlons, I'm looking at it as I can go to the gym and go into the pool and do that for 20 minutes because I need to do 12 laps at this rate and it's a competition thing and I'm working towards this goal. And what does that do for you? What, what, what is that? It breaks it down. I mean, it... <sighs> like achieving that kind of goal. Um, how does that help you and fulfill you? Like what is that? What kind of need does that meet for you? Um, I can be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also... Um, if you've never done a half marathon, if you've never done a triathlon, the adrenaline and everything comes with it. You cross that finish finish line and you feel like crying. Aww. It's like I cried when I finished the LA marathon. Really? I was so I was in such pain. <laughs> but also, I had worked six months towards this goal, mm-hmm. and I was so proud of myself. Yeah, and that's all it is. It's like I accomplished something. You feel so good about yourself Mm -hmm. the goals don't need to be big it doesn't have to be a marathon Mm -mm. it can be a 5k Mm -hmm. couch to 5k is a really good program yeah if you've never done it if you don't like running biking is a good one any of these things that go for a hike Mm -hmm. like there's just things you can do that aren't going to the gym just for going to the gym yeah um so for me it is a goal-oriented thing and when I think about, you know, the purpose of this podcast being about, like, learning how to do things just because they're fun and for really no reason, what I mean by no reason is that I think a lot of people get stuck in the idea that your reason means this is a thing I'm doing to promote my own stability. This is a thing I'm doing to achieve job goals because I get paid to do that, you know, to have a family, to get the house, to do all the big life goals. And the whole purpose is when you hear the word fun, sometimes that can just mean, oh, I'll just veg out. And we need to rest. We oh, yeah. need to rest. But that there are other things, that other kinds of goals we can set for ourselves and really, I don't know, achieve something so that we can feel proud of the person we are and wake up in the morning and be like, I'm a badass. You know? <laughs> well, and, and it's about overcoming fear sometimes. Mm, so mm-hmm. um, my friend Noah, 
who is an avid cyclist, mm-hmm. um, took me out on my first street biking in Los Angeles. Oh, so we weren't going, so we weren't going very far. We were going about a mile till we could get onto a bike path. Mm-hmm. But I had, and that is a mile from my house, by the way. It is not far. And I had never done it because I'm terrified of riding in the streets of Los Angeles. Me too. <laughs> with cars. But it was, it was easy. And now I know the route. So yesterday... I woke up and I said, oh, I was planning on doing a museum day this week. It's my last week of vacation. I'm going to go to the Broad. I haven't done my morning hike or whatever. I'm going to get on my bike. Nice. So I biked into downtown. Wow. On my bike in traffic and went and saw art. And, and then I said, <sighs> I'm going to go as a treat to my favorite coffee shop in the arts district. And then I biked straight across downtown in traffic and I was so proud of myself. Oh, I posted yeah. it all over Facebook. I am very stuff. proud of you, too, because if it, anyone who does not live in Los Angeles or has never driven through a downtown of a city before, oh, my gosh. No, I'm, I'm yeah. very impressed by this. <laughs> I was super adrenaline-making. Like, I was I was hopped up on adrenaline the whole time because I was, like, just looking at everything. Like, don't yeah. hit me. Please, nobody hit me. Um, but, you know, I was really proud of myself. And it doesn't need to be anything big. Something like that. Uh, we went to the Rose Bowl today, and mm. we went up a hill that was really, really steep. Oh, my. It hurt. <laughs> but then we had this gorgeous view of Pasadena. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, see, there's just these little things that come from it. The rewards that you don't think about when you initially think about the pain. Right. Wow. But also, you have more energy once you start doing those things. I mean, even just learning how to start going for walks every day, like for me, and you start, we started that a long time ago, and I've been doing it again. And like, once I do it for the first few weeks, it's the habit forming portion of the program. <laughs> totally. It, like, I am not a morning person, and I'm trying so hard right now to wake up and go for a walk or something mm-hmm. in the mornings because I know how good that feels. When I trained for the marathon, I mm-hmm. was waking up every morning and running three miles. Mm-hmm. Now, I was also like 25, so <laughs> that was a while ago. Um, but that being said, I remembered how good I felt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just feeling accomplished first mm-hmm. thing in the morning yeah. is so good for the rest of your day. Absolutely. But I'm struggling for the morning workout. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think of this too as when, when I first moved in here, for instance, I, I made reference to it many times of how I kind of made this transition I was like, the first thing I thought of when I started to see your lifestyle living out in front of me was, how does she have the energy to do that stuff? But part of what you do is actually conditioning your body to have the kind of energy that you need to have. I mean, it's it's all a package. Mm-hmm. So we can't assume we're going to get more out of and suck the marrow out of all the moments of our lives when we never move and we never let ourselves really start gaining that momentum. And yeah, so that's that's been a huge lesson not the most fun part for me yet. I'm still learning that piece. I'm definitely, <laughs> but it is, it is exciting because I am starting to get a little glimpse of what it might be like someday when I make this more of a part of my life. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it's, it can be hard to start again. Mm-hmm. If It can be hard to start the first time, but people overdo it. Mm-hmm. They Ooh. go, they go from couch to, I'm going to do an Iron Man. <laughs> and it's like, Dude, it's so hard to put those kind of goals on yourself and not burn out. Mm-hmm. You really should just start with something small. Start with, I'm going to walk five minutes today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that for a week. I'm going to give myself a day off that mm-hmm. I don't have to do that. And just track it. And you know what? The next week, I'm going to walk six 
minutes this mm-hmm. morning or afternoon or evening. It's really good after meals, actually. Yeah. It's a good time to go for a walk. But it's just conditioning your body to be used to those things. Mm-hmm. You can't jump straight into serious activity if you haven't done it before. It can be a real shock to your body and mm-hmm. injuries. Yeah, that's true. And that which actually leads me kind of to my, my closing question, which for me is probably the most important one of the whole thing, which is if if there is anyone out there like me when I first moved in, kind of in awe of the amazing, crazy array of things that you do with your time, you know, and you also, I also know that you do take time for yourself. You do spend time in your home, making your home, reading books, you know, that kind of thing, and just be hanging with the roommates. And um, so what would you say to someone who's like me, um, just back in time where I'm exhausted, a workaholic, um, really ha- don't have any fun at all. I, I go to work and come back and I collapse. I maybe watch Netflix for a while and fall asleep. Oh, yeah, and the wine. <laughs> but, you know, but I really want more, and I know there's more to life. You know, what would you say to me back in, back when I first moved here? I think there's a lot to do with self-realization. Mm-hmm. You need to look at what you want out of life. Mm-hmm. So if um, what you want out of life is to be active every day, then you need to put that as your goal, and then you need to work backwards mm. and go, well, if I want – to run every morning, if that was my goal, if I was like, I'm going to become a runner, mm-hmm. you're not going to do that first day out. Mm-hmm. What you're going to do is go for a walk. What you're going to do is find a running group. What you're mm. going to do is get a buddy and say, hey, once a week, can we get together and take a really light jog mm-hmm. somewhere? And then you start building your support system. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, you can't go from zero to 60 right away. Mm-mm. But you can make small, small changes. It's mm-hmm. the same thing of like people going through their house and throwing out everything in their kitchen <laughs> that is absolutely tasty when they still haven't learned to cook. Oh, yes. I did that once. Everybody Disaster. has done that. Yep. If, like women especially. Like we've all been on that crash diet where like you're not allowed to eat anything gluten or anything sugar or anything fun. You're only allowed black coffee. And you go through <laughs> and you clear out your cupboard and you are miserable. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Small steps. So you want to start cutting out sugar. Mm-hmm. Write down what you eat every day. Yeah. And then decide that, hey, I'm not going to put sugar in my coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put cinnamon. It'll taste great. It may not at the beginning. You get used to it. Yep. Um, it's just about putting those future goals out there. And I like to write them down mm-hmm. and have them somewhere that I can look at them again and be like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm not doing it for bikini season. (laughs) I'm not doing it because I should. Mm -hmm. Intellectually, I should. I'm doing it because I do want to be a healthier, happier person. Yep. And this is why how I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Believe me, in two months, if it's not, try something else. Yes, exactly. And one of the other things that um, that I really find interesting and that I was actually struggling to find, and I think a lot of people relate to too, is finding community. And that you you worked through a friend and then another friend to, to find these communities. Like, how do you do that? Like, what if you're feeling kind of isolated? And what would you recommend? So it's easier in a big city. Yeah. Definitely easier in a metropolitan area to find a group. Mm-hmm. If your thing is museums, there's probably a museum group. Or start your own. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to find something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. That also goes along with your life goals. Yeah. And if you can't find a group, you need to build one. Yeah. And it's not hard to build a group. You just say, hey, 
every third Saturday, mm -hmm. if I can make it in my schedule, I'm going to do this activity. Mm -hmm. And then you invite everybody you know. I seriously send out like a thousand Facebook invites to everything I do. And I might get four people to show up. And those four people, we have a great time. And it's scary to do that, you know? It's like you're kind of putting yourself on the spot, and then there's that feeling like, what if nobody comes? Oh, my God. But then guess what? So what? It's something you want to do. And then there's something even more profound sometimes to be learned going out on a date by yourself, Yeah, you know? Well, and if you're really scared of doing it just on your own, get one friend. Yeah, Me and Akela person. with our state club. Yeah. <laughs> get one person. And then you're also responsible for that person, and they're responsible for you. Because mm -hmm. when I forget to plan the next steak date, then I get an email saying, hey, when are we going to do the next steak date? Absolutely. And so between the two of us, it splits the responsibility, mm -hmm. but it also has some sort of um, a factor of keeping each other honest mm -hmm. and in line that works with working out as well. Cool. Um, but there's these great communities around. Yeah. And you seriously, you just have to be willing to go and be the fly on the wall. Yep. And listen oh, and yeah. talk and be open. It can be really scary to go to a big group mm -hmm. that you've never been involved in and just be willing to be open. You won't get anywhere if you don't try. True. And speaking of that, what if anyone out there would like to try Derby? Would you recommend? Because I know for me, I assumed from the outside, like, I'm not a badass. I could never do it. Like, there are a lot of people who may, but they might be curious. Like, what would you recommend on that? Uh, roller Derby is great. Um, you do not know how to need to know how to skate. Okay. Pretty much any league that you join will teach you how to skate. Mm -hmm. That being said, if you have really, really bad knee, ankle, spinal cord, um, if you issues, mm -hmm. if you absolutely, absolutely have to be on your feet all day, people break legs. Okay. May not be the sport for you. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a musician, people break fingers. Ooh, ouch. May not be the sport for you. That being said, like, those are kind of rare occurrences. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're a waitress and yeah. you have to be on your feet all day True. and you wouldn't be able to get away from that, derby may be dangerous for you. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of places where you can go try it. Yeah. And if you're really scared about putting on skates and having to join that league right away, go to a roller skating rink. Yes. There are plenty of roller skating rinks left in this country, I hope. Um <laughs> That you can just go skate with some friends. And that's a really good group activity. It is. I tried that just like a couple months ago for the first time again, and I had so much fun. And also, I know one of our close friends, I assumed always that she was a derby girl because she's always with you doing all these things. But she's not. She's volunteers, and she's a, co she's a scorekeeper and all these things. So you can get involved in derby and not necessarily have to. Right. It, is, it is kind of a culture. And once you join it and you feel comfortable there – you know, I mean, there are ways to be a part of it, and you don't necessarily have to put yourself in physical harm. Yes, danger. if you're not a skater and you don't like that, but maybe you do love the sport. Maybe you've been and it's really intriguing to you. Join the ref crews. Mm -hmm. We always good need, need good enforcers. Um, these are people that don't get all the glory, but they they make it so that we can have the sport. Yeah, because we need refs and we need uh, non-skating officials. Uh, we call them NSOs that track the score and do the scoreboard. Um, you can always just volunteer That's for great. almost any group. Um, my friend Tam mm -hmm. um, is currently volunteering at the zoo. Before that, she was volunteering with the Gibbons. Mm -hmm. And um, she's one of those that, like, she's a joiner. Mm -hmm. She does these kind of things, and when it gets boring or it's not what she wants, she changes and does something else. Mm -hmm. 
Well, yeah, no, and that's something we can all do. Is there anything coming up with Derby that um, Angelinos should know about? We're going to post this this weekend on Sunday. So. Uh, the next, oh, so next <laughs> LA Derby Dolls game is on April 9th. And it we are in El Sereno, which is just east of downtown. Mm-hmm. You can find us on derbydolls.com, and you can get tickets online. There's tickets at the door. It's always a good time. It is so much fun, and Golden Road sponsors, so they have that. You know, there's just so much... Oh, so much fun to be had at the derby derby bouts. Okay. Yes, it can yeah, be called you can games, call it games but it's fine. yes, but I like to call them bouts. It makes me seem like an insider. <laughs> anyway, story. well, thank you so much, Audrey. This has been so much fun. This and was a blast. Thank, thank you, you for being a part of this. I know it's one of the biggest problems is is just once someone gets that opportunity to learn how to play or they hear that it's an important thing, the first thing is, well, I don't know what to do. Yep, and I don't know what to do it with. And you know, it's, and you're one of those people. You've really conquered a lot of that. So. Thank you so much. Thank now, you. Uh, we'll give the cats back their cat tree and we can finish <laughs> our wine. Yes. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Playgrounding Podcast. In this episode's show notes, I'll post a link to the self-journal as well as to the L.A. Derby Dolls. Join me again next week for a talk with Megan Sad, comedian, vegan cooking instructor, and instigator of the 30-Day Fun Challenge. I hope you'll subscribe on the Playgrounding Podcast iTunes by visiting playgrounding.com. Bye-bye.